0: Hey everyone, what's going on? This is Patrick. Just a quick announcement before we get to the cast this week. We are switching over the RSS feed uh, the week after this episode releases. So, this episode releases uh, this coming Friday uh, on Hipsters and the following Monday on MTG Cast. We will switch the RSS feed over uh, likely on Wednesday of that week. Uh, so, if you are subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher or any of those other great podcast apps, just make sure to resubscribe um, to our new RSS feed. Uh, on Wednesday, I will put up a post on both the Facebook group and on uh, Twitter, so you guys kind of have a uh, a heads up as to when that's happening. Uh, If you have any questions, give us a shout on the show, and I hope you guys enjoy it.
1: Magic is
0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving Legacy. My name is Patrick, I am your Legacy newbie this week. With me as always, Mr. Jeremy. What's going on, man? Not much, Pat. How you doing? (laughs) I am doing well. Um, Also joining us, we have a special guest. uh, Known as Nerdwalla on on Twitter, Um, we have our friend Pat on here. How you doing, Pat? I'm doing great. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Well, really excited to have you on the cast this week. Um, We have a lot to talk about, but first... Uh, as always, Leaving a Legacy is brought to you every Friday by HipsterToTheCoast.com. You can check it out for awesome legacy content and more, which is totally... And it's all totally free. So that's excellent value there. Um, also, if you want to support the show, you can visit Patreon.com. Uh, even a dollar helps us so much, and we appreciate the support. We have some awesome rewards. We have stickers and shout-outs. Jerry has this amazing playmat uh, that we had the art done by uh, the proxy guy. And uh, it is it is absolutely fantastic. So I can't wait to see those, have those in our hands, and send them out uh, so check it out. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Um, the first thing we like to go over every week uh, is the Legacy that we played recently. So, Jerry, have you been out to any stores to play some Legacy? Uh, I didn't play
2: any paper Legacy, Pat, but I did play a fair bit of Magic Online.
0: Really? I didn't realize you had put together a deck on Magic Online.
2: Yeah, well, Tom Hap let me uh, sneak and show, mm-hmm. so... Played that for a while, and then I kind of wanted to experiment a bit, and a deck I've always wanted to play in paper, but I couldn't because they're a hundred and eighty dollars each. Is Eureka tell? <laughs> so blue, blue, green, you know, show and tell with Eureka. Unfortunately, Eureka being a reserved li- list legends card is in you know will cost you about the same price as most dual lands. So, never put those together, but luckily, on Magic Online, they are the low price of 12 cents each, (laughs) (laughs) because the Magic Online economy uh,
0: is vastly different. It's it's wacky, to say the least.
2: (laughs) Yes. So, I put together a brew of, like, a bug Eureka Tell, so it was running uh, four Show and Tell, four Eureka, and then two Dream Halls, Mm -hmm. and I decided to use Black for my protection, so instead of using uh spell pierce and flusterstorm i was using you know thought seeds and duress as a more direct approach uh because also you can then use those thought season and duresses to uh, cast grizzlebrand off of uh dream halls as a uh, plan b for the deck so i put out this like cre- crazy creation together and i enter into a tournament and do you know that feeling pat you know right after you hit submit on a league or right after you turn in a deck list for a big tournament, that feeling where you're just, oh, I've made a terrible
0: mistake. <laughs> I usually I usually think that to myself whenever I pay an entry fee into an event, but yeah,
2: just anytime, time, right. <laughs> anytime, yeah. <laughs> well, this this uh, washed over me as I realized uh, that in my Eureka Tell deck, which Eureka is too green green, so pretty heavy on the mana there. Uh, I forgot to add Tropical Islands to my deck. <laughs> <laughs> So I played through the entire league with two Bayou. Thank God I had the foresight to put in two Bayou. But I was going to do, like, two Underground, two Bayou, two Tropical to test it out, and I just totally forgot to put the Tropical Islands in.
1: <laughs> Jeez.
2: So I played through this event trying to cast a four-mana double green spell with only two green sources in the entire deck.
0: <laughs>
2: I somehow managed to win a match. So how many know,
0: lands were you running overall? Uh, Twenty. Twenty. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jerry. <laughs>
2: so I went one in four. It wasn't the best. <laughs> but uh, I did like a lot of the interaction with the deck. I really mm-hmm. actually like taking a proactive approach in this meta. So instead of being defensive with spell pierces and fluster storms to protect my combo pieces, I, in the turns leading up to it, just strip their hand bare by taking a look and just taking whatever their scariest answer is. Mm-hmm. And I just feel. Approaching the meta that way, from that uh, perspective as a combo player, uh, felt just so much better. So I'm going to I'm gonna tinker with it a little bit more. Actually add in the green mana sources. That, uh,
0: <laughs> you want to cast your spells is what better. you're saying? Yeah, so I can cast those spells.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dream Halls was great, though. I was just casting Grizzlebrands and Ashen Riders by discarding Dotsieses. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh,
0: uh, so how about you, Pat? Did you get a chance to play any Legacy this past week?
3: Uh, unfortunately, I played more modern than Legacy, uh, in the Baltimore Open, but I got to play some Legacy on the side with some friends, uh, and I got to try out the Miracles deck in paper for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that deck is much harder to play in paper than it is on Magic Online. <laughs> How so? it shuffles this... for you on Magic Online. Is this oh, new <laughs>
2: <laughs> Miracles, or is this old Miracles? Because I'm like, you might be a little late to the party. <laughs>
3: uh, it is new Miracles. There we go. Um, I got to beat up on Sneak and Show for a little bit, and I got to beat up on Punishing Fire Jun for a little bit. hmm I think the deck's, like, really well positioned against these, like, these decks that are trying to put into play an Emrakul mm-hmm. by casting this three-mana sorcery when you have Counterspell, Flusterstorm, Storm, Force of Will, and then Caracas also, and against all the fair decks, and I, I think the deck's, that's it, it, a lot of fun. I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, as opposed to old miracles where it was boring for everybody involved.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Countertop was just a very, um, I don't know, it was not a fun interaction to, I, I, I feel like it's probably, it, it certainly wasn't fun to play against, it wasn't fun to watch. Um, maybe actually doing it yourself is is more exciting, but I never was on that end of it, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> so how'd you that do really in the how'd you do in the open? I'm curious. play modern, well,
3: I uh, five three dropped.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I got to jund the crap out of some people. That was sweet. <laughs> Coligan's yeah. commands a hell of a magic card.
0: It's a good. is I've been blown off by that card, Legacy. So I can I I can attest that it's a great card.
3: <laughs> I learned a lot about. Opportunity cost in deck building and bringing bringing in unique tech for a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I have played two Grove of the Willows to be Death Shadow, uh, and I played two Bitter Blossoms in the sideboard to be Lingering Souls. And I realized that when you're when you're adding in unique tech to decks like that, the better the card is just like intrinsically as a powerful Magic card, the lower the opportunity cost is. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've always known, but I was able to put it into words after playing this weekend. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's really when you're
3: adding when you're adding one of the best two drops in Magic to your sideboard. It can't actually be that bad, right? You're not adding Healing Salve to be Burn or something. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is true. You know, just I always look at that for sideboard cards, is I'd always rather a sideboard card that is less good against a specific threat if it gives me added advantages in numerous matchups. Yeah, totally. Unless it's, you know, I'm trying to beat Death and Taxes, and in that case I'd give my Firstborn in order to beat that deck. <laughs> <tech. laughs> <laughs> Just no cost.
3: Four Dread of Night. Just
0: for Dread of Night. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Splash Black in sneak and show for four Dread of Night. You could show
0: and you could show and tell a Dread of Night, can't you?
1: Sneaking. I <laughs>
0: yeah. But who are you fighting
2: against in that that match? Your opponent or yourself?
0: I mean, you really want to beat miracles, don't you, Jerry? Like, I mean, uh, uh, death attacks rather. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: you know, if Sneak and Show wants to be Death and Taxes, I have some tech for that too.
0: Ooh, ooh, lay it on me. I've been
3: playing. I've been playing uh, Sneaking Show with two main deck islands swapped for two Tundras. I'm playing okay. three Monastery Mentor in the sideboard.
2: Oh yep, I am familiar with that.
3: <laughs> that is Death, Death and Taxes. Boards other source to power shares. Mm-hmm. And they cannot beat Monastery Mentor. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I I won a couple events with that deck.
2: Uh, probably actually close to a year and a half now. Like right when Monastery Mentor came out. Uh, I actually think that that strategy might be worth revisiting because at the time I cut it because uh, I didn't want to give up Blood Moon. Blood Moon was too important to the sideboard and splashing the white really hurt your ability to capitalize on Blood Moon. But in this meta, Blood Moon does not feel nearly as good as it used to. You know, lands got a big knock against it with Miracles really leaving the format. Um, So Land's is on kind of a downward trend. So I think... Without Blood Moon, the white splash is kind of ba- back in vogue a bit.
3: Very I nice. tend to agree that uh, the Blood Moon's pretty bad right now, but I do want to actually disagree with you on the lands being on the downtick. I think that deck oh. is incredibly well-positioned right now. Hmm. Um, I specifically think you can go back to playing Richard Important Lands. Uh, right now, there's a lot of this, these Grixis Delver decks going around, these four-color check pile decks going around. Um, as long as you are willing to commit enough sideboard slots to Storm, I think lands is in a great position.
2: Yeah. Are you talking about for the Magic Online meta? Because I agree, I've been seeing a shit ton of Storm on Magic Online. I did a league the other day, and all five matches were Storm.
3: Yeah, there's so much. Drama. I played four in one league, I think is my, my record. And I think lands is good both for paper and online. Uh, I think you to be playing an Ancient Tomb in your 75, as well as at least six two-meta hate cards,
1: mm-hmm.
3: but and, and the sideboard specifically. But I think that lands can be a, a good contender. It's one of my four options for Vegas right now.
2: Gotcha. So you're heavily favoring the Chalice of the Void uh, aspect of the deck, because you were talking about capitalizing on two mana hate cards with Ancient Tomb? Yeah.
3: I think Ancient Tomb is, is a very powerful main deck card. It lets you combo a turn faster sometimes, makes your crop rotations better.
2: I know I find myself every single article I write for hipsters of the coast I feel myself starting with ancient tombs in the city of Traders, and I have to consciously tell myself to stop
3: <laughs> <laughs> just want to power up power out three and four drops as soon as possible, <laughs> so what you're saying is you want to cast blood Moon kind of and also want to cast or play ancient tomb. Have I got the deck for you? oh boy, yeah. <laughs> moderate sneak attack is my baby,
0: yeah, you were crushing oh, yeah. with that deck for a while, weren't you?
3: yeah, I was um. Uh, I think the, the fact that Blood Moon's a little bit worse now is, is a reason not to play it. Mm-hmm. But that deck is a spicy one, to be sure. Well,
2: I do love that. I was running Sinprodders in the sideboard of my Sneak Attack deck just because I loved uh, that tech so much of just, like, powering out three-drop beaters. Mm-hmm.
0: Jerry, do you want to regale us with the tale of you getting beat by your own sideboard tech at the last uh, <laughs> Legacy Open in, in Worcester?
2: <laughs> no, it's, it, the memories are too harsh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well before we get into our in our main topic on the miracles deck I did get a chance to play some legacy I just want to bring it up uh, for two reasons first of all I got a chance to stream uh five rounds of a league with Tom our friend Tom hep uh, he goes by negator seven seven on uh on twitch and on magic online um so we streamed bug depths and that deck is um very outside my comfort zone when it comes to uh, playing legacy I'm very much like a blue red delver player I like playing tempo decks I like casting brainstorm um and being so you're to,
2: saying you sucked at it?
0: It was well, <laughs> we went we went three two. We could have we All could right, have better than me. <laughs> we could have reasonably gone four one. Certainly, I would have probably gone you know oh, like one four or 0-5 oh, without Tom's, uh, just. Like incessant, like his his advice is so insanely good, and he s- thinks so deeply about that deck um, that it's a, it's actually a, it's a really really fun to play with him. Um, but that deck just operates on such a different axis from what I'm used to. Like the way that you play brainstorm that deck is so unusual. Like it, a lot of times you're aggressively brainstorming on brainstorming on like turn one because you want to set up a turn two uh, merit Lage. Like you want to basically just see ten or eleven cards, like your top ten or eleven cards. Um, So you can combo off as soon as possible. It's not like, you know, in Blue-Red Delver, generally, like, you're saving your Brainstorm for last minute. um, Or you're trying to use it to hide uh, information from your opponent occasionally. Um, The deck just plays very differently. Uh, We did get... (laughs) we lost in... I think it was in three games against... The list that I put on the, the notes here, and I'll put it in the show notes... Um, responsible Joseph, and I think the time he 5-0'd the league, he was actually the time that he beat us in round 1. Um, and, of course, like, uh, game 3, I make Merit Lege and then get immediately Vapor Snagged by his, the one-of that he has in his deck. <laughs> so, um, it was, uh, it, this is a very interesting blue-red list that he's running, and I kind of wanted to bring it in to uh, just kind of talk about real quick, uh, because it's not the, the typical blue-red list blue-red list, I expected. Like, the first turn or two, he was going like, you know, Delver of Secrets, uh, Brainstorm Probe, uh, Bolt, you know, we see Ponder, all those things. But he's running um, four Snapcaster Mage, four True Names, and a a V-Click in the main. Um, and uh, his spell suite ha- included a spell snare, a vapor snag, a single counterspell, a fire ice, all in the main deck. He's also running two Gta, which I didn't I didn't see. They weren't they wouldn't be particularly good against merit Lage, but um, they are there as well. So I thought the deck was pretty interesting. So I'll drop it in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. Uh, but he did he did five zero league with it. I don't know if I'm if I particularly like the deck, but it was pretty it, spicy to see the one of vapor snag in the main deck. It's so many three drops. It's a man. lot of three drops. <laughs>
2: Like L- Vendillion click, true name Nemesis, Snapcaster Mage is essentially a three drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Alright. I mean if it works.
0: <laughs> it was uh it was certainly interesting, but I'm pretty sure this is the list that he he beat us with, so but I did want to just give a shout out to our friend Tom as well, just for uh for hanging with me for a couple hours and going through the league. We had a really good time. Um the deck is very, very interesting. I'm definitely gonna play it again, uh probably stream it again sometime this week if if people want to check it out. Um I'll drop the uh the, the uh, time and date in the uh, in the Facebook group as well. So, um, all right. Well, if anyone doesn't have, if you guys don't have anything to add, we can move on to our main topic. And I know uh, Pat, you were really excited to talk about the new Miracles deck, or at least you had a lot. To, you said you had a lot to say about it. So, I pulled up um, just a deck list from uh, from Goldfish. Um, if you want to run through it and let me know, you know, how close this is to the deck that you were playing, and if it's kind of applicable to the kind of the way you see the deck running right now.
2: Or just say this is garbage and apple yeah. and make, make Pat edit this entire segment out <laughs> well, <laughs> while he finds another one.
3: <laughs> so this deck is one, two, three, three, four cards off total for mine, for the main deck at least. Okay. Uh, five, actually. Correction. Um, I'm not playing any main deck clicks. I'm playing four Snap, Caster Mage, because I think mm-hmm. that card's fantastic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not playing any Storm's main deck. I'm playing the full four Predict. Uh, and my mana base, I have one less... I don't have the Arid Mason. I have an extra blue fetch. Okay. Um, So this deck, I think, this is what Miracles should have been, because it's the correct power level for Legacy. So So the real problem I had with Miracles was that you could play a one of in your 75, and it could just be like a really powerful knockout hate card. Like, you could play a one of Blood Moon. And if a game goes long enough, you're going to find it. Top is just such a powerful card and gave you so many looks at things. And this deck gets to have that similar... Card selection, but you have to work a lot harder for it. You have to play baddies like Portent. Let me tell you, Portent is not a good magic card.
2: <laughs> oh, good old I remember playing Portent back in like Onslaught block because that was the best we had <laughs> before we had Fetching Away, uh, Brainstorm. Jerry,
0: Jerry, do you want to read Portent for our listeners? Uh, because I certainly don't know this card. This this I, Ice Age I uncommon. Know. I don't or, know why, but I have so
2: many copies
0: of the portent.
2: Like, I get excited because, like, I'm looking for ponders, and I come across a portent, and I, like, look too quick, and I'm like, oh, here's a ponder. Oh, no, it's just portent.
0: <laughs> you should sell, because that card is spiked. Like, Is it? Yeah. Ah, it on my packs of portents are paying off.
2: <laughs> Anyways, it's one blue for a sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> look at the top three cards of target player's library so you can be your opponent if you want. <laughs> you may have that player shuffle his or her library, then draw a card at the
3: beginning of the next turn's upkeep. <laughs> so there's actually a lot to unpack from this card uh, in this deck. The drawing a card, the slow trip aspect of it, drawing a card in the next turn's upkeep is a huge benefit sometimes. Mm-hmm. When you cast a portent on turn one looking for a land drop and you like miss your land drop on turn two... It's very embarrassing, but sometimes you have to set up the Terminus on their upkeep, or sometimes you have to draw a card through Leovold. Hmm. Uh, so Portent gets to do a couple little unique things like that. But my favorite yeah. one with Portent is this deck plays somewhere between two and three copies of the notable commander flop unexpectedly absent, <laughs> which uh, for the viewers at home, we don't know this this beautiful gem of a card. It is white white X instant, put target non-land permanent into its owner's library just beneath the top X cards of that library. So you can unexpectedly absent your opponent's threat at the top of their deck, and then you have three different ways to deal with it from, from there. You have to you have to create a combination of cards, see, to answer their threats with this deck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. You strange. can predict it away to draw two cards. Uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor plus two, or Portent to shuffle the library.
0: That is that is very... Okay, so I haven't seen that interaction myself. That is very interesting. Um, how often are you unexpectedly absenting for, like, just zero, just putting it on top of their library?
3: Uh... More often than not, actually. I okay. just put it on top of the library, and the uh, Absent plus Predict is, is quite powerful.
2: Yeah, I, I really like that combination.
3: Uh, one thing this deck gets to do, that's, it's something that I've, I've been a really big fan of in Legacy for a couple of years now, is it gets to ignore text boxes for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Counter Spells, a card that doesn't really care what text is on the card. For the most part, the Absent doesn't care what's on the card, unless the card's true name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Source of Shares, for the most part, doesn't care what text your creature has. Force of Will does the same thing, Terminus does the same thing. Um, this deck is all about using its cantrips to basically ignore what your opponent's doing, right? You don't care if they're casting Grimag Angler because you're not playing 4-4 creatures to be beaten by their 5-5. Um,
2: it it feels the deck leans much more heavily on the Predict engine, but does so in a much more synergistic way. Like Portent plus Predict, you know, jacing your opponent plus Predict, Unexpectedly Absent. Uh, it just feels like there's so many ways to just make the Predict an auto-hit.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, the games that feel really bad are the ones where you draw two predict and are forced to just play it as a blind cantrip, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But when you, get to, when you get to do the, the thing with predict, uh, the deck kind of goes off. It, it's, it's its engine. I think three predict is the correct number after playing with four for a while, because drawing multiples in the early game really sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, something else to note about this deck is I think in leagues I am... I think I'm something like 36 and 14, which like isn't the best record I could have, but it's solid. And I feel like most of my losses are just to me making mistakes. Uh, mulliganing badly, especially this deck, Mulligan's a lot more than Miracles did, and that is one of the biggest uh, slights against it.
0: I mean, um, I'm just trying. To, I'm, I'm trying to process list, this list because it's um, it's it seems to play so much more differently than the like the the Miracles list that we've all known to come to like love and hate, love love or hate or whatever. Um, it
2: it seems much more proactive.
3: It almost is more proactive. At least it feels like that when you're playing the games, because you're casting spells more frequently. You're you're just doing draw-go a little bit less. Right. But ultimately, this deck closes much slower than Miracles did,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: which is another big slide against the deck. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Timed matches exist. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, though, the fact that your only win conditions are three J Snapcaster Mages, in the main deck at least, uh, and you have the one Entreat. Like, when you close games... When you're actually closing the stage of the game, you close very quickly. The problem is this deck gets to that stage of the game much slower. Uh, With Old Miracles, you could resolve one Terminus and Countertop Lock would kind of carry you. Now, oftentimes, you have to resolve two Terminus against the creature decks before you're even in the play-adjacent, stabilized stage of the game. Um, So, worth noting, if you want to pick up this deck, be willing to play incredibly quickly. Uh, I almost never time out on Magic Online, and I've timed out three times with this deck.
0: Wow.
3: So, there's a lot of little
2: moving parts... Yeah, it looks interesting. I'm actually looking at the list, and I think I can put this together. So I, I might take this through a league, see how it does. Uh, what about the uh, sideboard? How uh, how how much does the uh, sideboard play into the gameplay? Do you re- really rely heavily on it for certain matchups?
3: Um, against all the unfair matchups, I generally just accept that I'm losing Game 1. If I get Game 1, good for me. Well, otherwise, I'm expecting to have to win two sideboard games. Uh, specifically, Storm and Elves, I think... I think I said that those two decks are good matchups, but that's mostly because the sideboard I I play for them is so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, this deck has the same thing with miracle, old miracles, that you can just play a couple of one ofs and a couple of two ofs in your sideboard and find them in any game that goes long enough. But because you have to work a little bit harder for them, you need those cards to be more impactful. You can't play like wear and tear to try and beat death and taxes, right? You need to play something more more impactful, like a moat. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <Jerry>. Another thing <laughs> is,
2: Sorry, I'm, I love I love me some moat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mode's a hell of a magic card, let me tell you. I, I love that one. I love Humility, too. Oh, yeah. I uh, I got a USC minor for getting a little too excited about putting Humility to play off of Show and Tell <laughs> in the Baltimore Open.
2: Oh. <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous things, when I was playing the Eureka Tell, I cast Show and Tell. I put in Emmercool, and my opponent was playing Mono Black Pox Smokestack and put in uh, the Abyss on turn two <laughs> off of my Show and Tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that's a show and tell players' worst nightmare, is these four drops that just wreck us. <laughs>
3: uh, yep. I think uh I think for Magic Online you don't need to play back to basics, but in paper, especially in the East Coast metagame where I am, I want to play two to three back to basics. Um there's like so much lands and it's good against even these four color check pile decks. Yeah.
0: The deck is the deck seems pretty sweet. Um so where do you feel like the, the good matchups are? Like, obviously, you said that, like, some of the combo decks are very difficult for you to beat game one. Um, what are your, like, kind of, like, meat-potato matchups that you have?
3: Um, I really like my Grixis Delver matchup.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, in game one, they can punk you out a little bit, but post-board, you just have so much consistency in what you're doing. You board out all of your forces. You bring in the extra sorts of Plowshares, um, two fluster storms usually, and, like, a Vendillion Click. Maybe you sometimes even cut a Jace for a click, and you're just playing a more efficient game than they are. I feel like the lands matchup is very good, especially if you're willing to play the sideboard cards for it. Um, I, I think like the real strength in this deck isn't that it has any particularly great matchups. It's just that if you are willing to beat certain decks, you will beat them. Hmm. If you plan for a meta game like that is full of, you know, I'm going to play against lands, storm, and elves, my 15 sideboard cards are going to reflect that the most. Um, and you you understand you have like slightly positive matchups against Grixis Delver decks and four color check pile and the fairer blue decks and you're willing to put the work in to beat the specific combo decks and bad matchups that you're going to face, this deck could be just about anything. It's Realistically, I think Elves is actually the toughest matchup despite Terminus being in the deck. I- I'm not really sure how to fix that at this point. Maybe it's something like playing Python Needle for Wirewood Symbiote or, or something like that. Maybe even slashing Red and playing like Kozlik's Return and get getting some Pyroblast for the sideboard if I want them. Um, but I think this deck is something that's a really good option for somebody who's willing to put in the work and find out what sideboard they need to beat their metagame.
0: Yeah, this deck is, is very interesting. Jerry, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how you do with it, especially in our local meta, if you're going up to CE or uh, or Etsy um, and seeing how it plays for you. Uh, Pat, is there anything that, like, the, you know, like a, an existing Miracles player, obviously, is probably leaning on this deck pretty heavily. Do you think that this is something like a newer player to, to Legacy could pick up? Because it's, I mean, in the, the grand scheme of Legacy decks, it's not that crazy to build, especially online. Um, is this something you'd recommend to a new player?
3: Uh, I probably wouldn't. I think you'd have a pretty good understanding of what you're gonna face. And like Jerry said, he's gonna play this through a league. Expect to make a lot of mistakes. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Don't worry, I'm used to that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think I was four leagues in or something before I started feeling like I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, uh, yeah, for somebody who's failing your legacy, this isn't a great option. I don't think.
0: Hmm. Uh, This deck is. Really interesting. Was there anything else you wanted to add about it? Like, because I'm, I'm very interested in this deck. I I haven't got a chance to play it against it yet, so I um, I wanna wanna get some practice in against yeah. the deck.
2: I'm wondering how popular it is because I also have not seen it yet. I've heard rumors about its existence, but <laughs> have not seen it in action.
3: Looks like on Magic Online right now, it's 4.62 percent of the metagame share of 50 decks, for whatever that's
2: worth, mm-hmm.
3: which is right. uh, pretty substantial.
2: Yeah, I mean it's legacy. There's so much in legacy, especially this meta. Yeah, I
0: think yeah. I've, I think I've seen our friend Chris Stinson playing this deck on stream as well. So now that I think about it, he goes by uh, MZ Frost on um, on Magic Online, um, and I think I've seen him stream this deck a little bit as well. So it's really really interesting. Um, so I guess miracles is still around. I guess it's still going to be part of uh, <laughs> part of the legacy meta game for now. Do, do you think we'll see quite a bit of it out in uh, in Vegas, Pat?
3: Uh, I think. I want to say yes, but I also want to say no, and here's why. I think we're going to see either this or Stoneblade in droves,
1: mm-hmm. because
3: all the Miracles players who have all the cards for it are going to build one or the other. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of this, the Miracles players already built Stoneblade, so they might see more of that, but this deck uses pretty much the same skill set as old Miracles, a little bit less, you know... This deck's with your discard, which I think is a, a big skill you have to, to reintegrate in, is playing around discard.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, like Jerry was saying, I think being proactive with your disruption is really strong right now. Thought I think hit the Turok's in a great spot, and this deck has a little bit harder of a time playing around that than the old since top Miracles listed. right. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see where old miracles players land, whether they want to play something that's more established or something that's more similar to what they were playing.
0: Now, I, I know you had mentioned um that you're kind of paring down your options for Vegas. Do you want to talk about that at all, kind of what your thought process is there, kind of where you're like how you're whittling down your your options for the uh, for the GP?
3: Yeah, um, so I think I said I was on four now. I think, I think four is where I'm sitting, mm-hmm. my options. Uh, it's either Miracles, Monored Sneak Attack, Sneak and Show, playing Mentor, or Lands.
1: Okay.
3: Um, Sneak and Show and Monored Sneak Attack are two decks that I'm very comfortable with. Uh, I've played a ton of Monored Sneak Attack and a ton of Sneak and Show. Uh, I've played a fair bit of the Miracles deck, but I still feel a little bit uncomfortable with it. I never played proper Miracles, really, uh, so I have to I have a lot to learn there. Uh, and Lands is a deck that I know, but I'm not sure if it's the right Metacall. Right. Um, basically For, my plan is just to play as much Legacy as I can before Vegas, and then make a decision two or three days in advance. <laughs>
2: there you go. For Sneak and Show, are you on the Omni Show build with the Cunning Wishes, or are you just on straight old-fashioned Sneak and Show?
3: I'm on 4 Sneak Attack, Old fashioned Mentors in the sideboard. Um, there we go. <laughs> cunning Wish, just like, I like having 15 sideboard cards, you know?
2: Yeah, I'm not a Cunning Wish fan
3: myself. Actually, if you're on the Monastery
2: Mentor plan, have you dabbled with, uh, Nahiri? Because I was running the Heery instead of (laughs) one of the Jaces, and that card was super fun to play with.
3: Yeah, I'm going to try that. That, That's definitely happening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you haven't
2: tried that yet? Oh, it's awesome. My favorite experience was against uh, a Jund player, and I sneak attacked in Grizzlebrand, uh, but he had a Chains of Mephistopheles out. And I slammed Nahiri and was able to uh, exile the Chains of Mephistopheles with the Nahiri minus two, so I could draw seven off of (laughs) Grizzlebrand. So, yeah, Nahiri feels great in that deck. Is it warm in here? (laughs) (laughs) Get in a case of the vapors. (laughs) I do
3: declare.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I, I had another question for you, Pat, and this is something that um, interests me because, so, the last GP that I played in was GP Columbus, and going into it I had the option of playing Grixis Delver or Blue-Red Delver, and I went with Blue-Red just because that is kind of like that's kind of my bay, that's what I always go back to it's the deck I'm most comfortable with, I have the most reps with it um, but the other reason I chose uh, Blue-Red over Grixis was because I found that when I was playing Grixis um, the deck tends to be a little bit more grindy um, you have to really be on your game to win matches there uh, it's probably more 50-50 against the meta, whereas Blue-Red has kind of more swingy matchups. But sometimes you just win with Blue-Red Delver as opposed to Grixis, where you really have to grind out your value. And I d- wasn't interested in playing a GP with, you know, nine rounds the first day and however many the second with a deck that I really had to kind of be on my A-game all day just to just to get there. Um, I wanted to play a deck that I found was a little bit easier to pilot. So, like, does Mental Fatigue play kind of a, in your choice at all for your deck for for the, for the for a big event like a GP? Or is that something you've kind of just you just don't really factor into your decision making?
3: Uh, I factor that in pretty heavily actually. Mm-hmm. If I end up on Miracles, essentially I'm going to have a deck list for Miracles and a copy of the deck built, and a deck list for Sneak and Show and a copy of the deck built, both in my bag.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And when I wake up the morning of the GP, based on how well I slept the night before <laughs> and how I'm feeling, I will actually make the snap decision. Like, if if I feel really crappy and I slept terribly, I'm going to play Sneak and Show. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think... I think I would just be sabotaging myself if I played Miracles when I was feeling under the weather. Mm-hmm. Or wasn't feeling 100%. Yeah. Um, even if I think it's the best deck, if I'm not feeling up to it, I'm, I'm going to play something that I know I can pilot at, mm-hmm. you know, 20% better. Yeah, that's the thing about the Miracles
2: decks. Even Original Miracles. I could just never play those decks in a long tournament. I just don't
3: have the energy for it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, that having the backup plan is something that's always very smart.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think Reed Duke is someone who had said he he doesn't he he didn't think that he had ever played an entire tournament without making a mistake with miracles. It's just such a, a difficult deck to pilot. And I think that the same can be said of a lot of legacy decks. Um there's just so many decision trees, so many decisions to make. So many of your decisions um are weighted differently depending on the matchup that you're in. So I always recommend people to play the deck that they're most familiar with. We get a lot of questions on the Facebook page. Um, the Leaving Legacy Facebook page. I'm sure you get it, Jerry, as well. Unlike the all, all the individual deck pages that you're a part of, um, where people are asking what they should play for for you know, events. And
2: I, I love it. I've become like the unofficial ambassador. I get an invite to a new <laughs> deck page like almost every day. I'm like, yes, yeah. I'm collecting all the decks, <laughs> all the pages.
0: <laughs> Jerry is playing like essentially like a variant of Pokemon with. Uh, Legacy <laughs> decks. That
2: yeah, I'm collecting legacy decks. <laughs> uh, um, I just no, I just ke- get to keep a toe in the water of every single deck, so I get to get uh, you know right on the front lines of any hot spice that comes out.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I can appreciate that. But something that we always kind of preach in the cast is that play what you're comfortable with, play what you really enjoy, um, especially at a big tournament like this, because um, you're gonna face the the chance of you facing like uh like a, the Magic Online meta like, in a deck-for-deck deck sense is, is very slim. You're going to play, like, the Wild Wild West, especially if you don't have buys of the tournament, but everyone's just going to be bringing their pet decks out for the most part. So I think it's smart to play what you love, play what you're good with, play what you know, um, and just have fun in the tournaments. Um, so that that's my suggestion for everyone who asks us on the, ca- on, the, on the page, you know, what should I play in this event? You know, what deck should I play here? What do you think is good? I think almost universally speaking, like, the deck that is best for you to play an event... Is a deck that you are the most well-rounded with.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, also, side tangent, real quick. While we're speaking about Facebook groups and miracles in general, uh, the Miracles Facebook uh, group is still alive and well. They changed their name to Team Terminus. <laughs> so if you wanna, if you guys wanna talk about uh, the Miracles deck, the new iterations of it, uh, jump on there on Facebook. Will Godsey is the uh, manager of it, uh, but I think they have like. Close to uh, you know sixty, seventy people talking about the deck on there.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about the fa- about the Facebook groups that we, we've been using, especially like the Leaving Legacy page, is which has been blowing up lately, which is kind of insane. But what I like about the page is that it's so positive, and everyone there is is so supportive, and it's just a good environment to be talking about decks and and tech and and all that stuff. So it's it's definitely worth joining if you haven't already.
3: Yeah. I would love to join that miracles that miracles group, but I think I've I've burned too too many miracles players in my time
1: <laughs> since
3: uh, after miracles got banned. I think I was on Twitter for a solid nine hours just shit posting, dancing <laughs> on the grave of Sensei's top
2: with your psychedelic lizard uh, avatar. I can just picture it.
3: <laughs> I, I think I had five or six gifts just saved for the span of two years waiting. <laughs> My best friend Derek has a Sensei's Top play method on it, just in increasingly large and angry characters. Every single band date, the top wasn't banned. Signed <laughs> by Joe Lissette, Miracle Tech approved, and the final date just circled and underlined, Sensei's Top is banned.
1: That's
0: amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> that is this, great Has Lissette, oh my- Lissette uh, signed that one
3: as well? <laughs> Lissette has that one signed. Oh, he, oh, like, wow. he wrote all the dates on it. Joe had signed it, and then, like, the final date happened and got banned. Then he wrote that and underlined it.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Kind of folded it over
3: so Joe couldn't see the dates as well. (laughs) Joe kind of, like, signed said, yeah, whatever, you know, move along.
0: I think I'll be really interested to see what he, I mean, my assumption is that he's going to play Miracles at at Vegas, but he definitely said that he he was looking forward to um, being able to prove himself as being, one of the top Legacy players, not just, you know, one of the top Miracles pilots. So I'd love to see him pilot a different deck uh, to a successful finish at GP Vegas, but we will see what he'll be playing. I don't know if it'll be Miracles or something else. We'll see. Yes, we'll we see. will see.
2: So <laughs> hey, Power to him. If he, he comes out and proves himself with a different deck, then, yeah, he was right.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I, the, the dude knows Legacy, man. There's no doubt about it. So I think people who are dogging him for being a Miracles player are just in the wrong there. But I'll, be, I'll just be really interested to see if he'll, if he'll step outside of his comfort zone and play something that's not Miracles.
3: I, I really hope to see Joe Lissette casting some Grim Monoliths and Thran Thrandynamos and Voltaic Keys and Ulamogs.
1: <laughs> I need more of that in my life.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, man. I really
3: need to see Joe Lissette sit down for a match on camera, play Turn 1 Ancient Tomb, <laughs> tap it Grim Monolith, and pass the turn.
1: <laughs> I want
3: Joe to have to do something on camera for once in his frickin' life. No, no disrespect to Joe, but I want I want to watch him be proactive.
0: Yeah, Topping is not super entertaining to watch. <laughs> Give me a show, Joe. Dance for me, Joe. Dance.
2: Uh, I am interested to see you know uh, Channel Fireball announcing that Legacy is getting full uh, video coverage. Uh, oh yeah. I how much more entertaining legacy coverage is without miracles? See how much quicker it goes, and the last uh, channel fireball event that I saw video coverage for, they did a great
0: job. So I think I think th- there's going to be a twofold benefit here. The first is that like Star City Games is so um, into like pushing the Star City Games grinder lifestyle that they are always like showing people on their on their, on their leaderboard uh when they're like broadcasting which is completely reasonable i understand that but channel fireball to my knowledge doesn't really have anything like the like the uh the star city games uh invitational series that they run so i think they might not be as beholden to putting you know well-known names on the on the broadcast if they can get really interesting decks instead i'll be interested Mm. to see what kind of like how that runs for their broadcast yeah
2: I mean, I, I feel that's when we get the best coverage, is you just take what are the best decks that are, you know, each round, what are the undefeated decks of these undefeated decks,
3: which one is the most interesting to watch? Mm-hmm. Rounds one through four are always going to be a delight if that's the case. We're going to have Soldier Stompy, and Head against <laughs> Elf Stompy maybe, I don't know, Sylvan, uh, whatever the... Four drop, the triggers, enters real four top cards, and uh, put all elves real this way into your hand. That card, I want to see that card get played. Just Yeah, just put
2: Stompy at the end of every deck. Like, someone sent me Moat Stompy, <laughs> running oh, four yeah. Moats, four Ancient Dunes, oh, yeah. four, <laughs> four City of Chambers, and I'm like, oh, yes!
3: I want to see yeah. some uh, Sundial of the Infinite stacks. That's what I want to oh, see.
2: Oh, no, <laughs> I told you, I played against uh, mono black Pox Smokestack. It was super interesting.
1: Yeah, like, that's running... my dream.
2: (laughs) Yeah, four Smokestack, four Smallpox, uh, the Abyss, a bunch of Chains of Mephistopheles, Lilianas, Innocent Bloods. Let me tell you, show and tell cannot beat that deck. (laughs) Because no creature last past an upkeep.
3: (laughs) That actually makes me want to go on a slight tangent here about how back when I started Legacy in 2009, 2010, every deck was really bad. And Legacy was better for it. Like, everyone would show up to tournaments with TeraVor, and Murflock was a deck. It was truly the Wild West, and it was sweet as hell. And that I feel like with Top going away, we're all kind of back to square one. Hmm.
0: That's a really interesting take. So, Pat, why don't you, like, we usually when we have a guest on, and forgive me for kind of not getting into this right when we started off, but I was like kind to find out, yeah, I, I really was, I really wanted to jump into, into our main topic, but um, why don't you tell me a little bit about, like, your, your background in Magic? Like, how did you come into the game? Where did you start? And uh, sort of where you're at now.
3: Well, it all started when I was a wee babby. Uh, I was seven years old, got some packs of Torment, opened up a Basking Root Walla. A couple of very good players at the store kind of took me under their wing and helped groom me into a competitive player. Uh, I got into Legacy when I... 2009-2010, I think, is right about when I got in. Um, Before that, I would be playing vintage events in Denver, uh, borrowing cards from people. Uh, But I've always loved Eternal Magic. It's sort of just been what I've played since day one. Um, when I got into Legacy, I borrowed cards for the most part, and it wasn't until recently that I kind of started owning my own stuff. And I just play Legacy as much as possible. It's the best format in the game.
0: It's so good. It's so good. And where where are you from?
3: I'm from a Northern Virginia area. Originally okay. from Colorado for 17 years, but now I'm in Northern Virginia, DC area. All right. Uh, so many more tournaments in this area. It's fantastic. Yeah, I could East- I could play Legacy every weekend if I wanted to.
0: East coast. Yeah, Jerry and I say that all the time. Like we have we have what. Four like paper tournaments we can play in every week, Jerry. Right, you know, within like an hour from where we live.
2: I have two that I can walk to on yeah. a weekly basis, which <laughs> blows my mind. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's pretty great. It's. It, it, I always tell people it's a bit of an embarrassment of riches up where we live, but that's great to hear, Pat. That you have so many great things going on down your way as well.
2: Yeah, and suck it west coast. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right. We're bringing the legacy to him with Vegas. So I'm I'm really really excited for Vegas. This is Columbus was my first GP. Uh, Vegas will Vegas be my Vegas is not
3: the West Coast.
0: Oh, that's not I'm saying. It's like it's kinda like close. It's ish.
3: I do want to actually give a shout out to uh Timeball Games. I've never actually been there, never actually played there, but they have a thing called the Legacy Preservation Series, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Which is a delightful name. Yeah, but, that's uh, awesome. The West Coast, they have a pretty strong Legacy community, despite not having any tournaments. So, you know, props to everyone out there for sticking with the format. And yeah. it sucks that you guys don't have tournaments, but, like, Legacy's great, and you're great. So that's Absolutely. my shout-out to all the people on the West Coast who who tough it out.
0: I love that. Bringing the love. Keeping it positive. That's great. <laughs> I, I stand yeah.
3: by my state. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah I think I think like um, we also see weekly uh, Legacy streams from Card Kingdom which is also awesome as well yeah. um, and Mox, Mox Boarding House and all that so it's great to see that there are stories out there trying to keep Legacy alive I, I hope that um, it continues to grow and perhaps with Channel Fireball running more GPs we'll see more West Coast GPs we'll see more um, you know kind of more interest at the grassroots level being drummed up uh, in that sense, you know, if, if stores are running GPTs for local GPs that are on the West Coast, perhaps they'll they'll run legacy events. Um, and you'll, you'll see legacy side events and whatnot. So, I'm hoping that we see more of that for the for our West Coast friends.
3: And honestly, like like you said, grassroots is the way to do it. Uh, Zemet recently had his his big blowout legacy tournament, mm-hmm. and on, bring back the winamox The Winamox is the, the true way to play legacy. Oh yeah, GPs are great. Opens are great. But for me, like, going to a store with, like, 60 other people, all of you trying to fight for the one prize, first place or last place, and there's no other prizes, it's a Mox.
0: Man, you know what? I, I think you're so right in that sense. We actually had Zeman on, um a few weeks ago. Actually, right after he ran that, that it was not a Win a Lotus, it was a Win of, it was a win of Mox event, right? It was right? a
2: Mox Ruby, I believe.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah right, right after that event, he was talking about it. And it really got me thinking, like, I mean, I, I enjoy going to the SEG Opens you know, with, like, five, 600 players. It gets to be a little bit much. But, like, I want Ideally, I'm looking for something more than, like, the 15 to 30 people we have at our local FNMs, you know, for a mm-hmm. legacy. So I think, like, a, a win-a-mox of that, where you're drawing in, like, 60 to 100 players, is, like, that sweet spot where you're getting all the really local, you know, good local players out there. It's still a very manageable tournament size. It's not going to go all day, you know, all day, all night. It's, like, a reasonable... You know, amount of rounds to play throughout the day, and yeah, totally. Having that prize support be, you know, in top, all in the top four or top two prizes is, is pretty sweet.
3: It well, leads to a really cool atmosphere of like everyone just fighting their hardest, and it feels mm-hmm. like old legacy where you just would show up and you'd battle until I told you to stop battling.
0: Yep, I love that. <laughs> it's like the, pure. the I was gonna say that's so pure. That's like the best way to play games. I love it. <laughs> Hell yeah.
2: I mean, some of my favorite memories are, are at, uh, you know, the Win a Duel, Bunch of Duel Lands, real estate tournaments. I just feel it feels much better playing for high-value, powerful legacy staples than it feels to pay, play for, like, store credit or, you know, cash even. It's just like, it feels like you have much more on the line.
0: And uh, Zemma had some really good um, advice on how to run those tournaments successfully as a store. So if you're a TO and you're looking for advice on how to run one of those, it's he's a few episodes back, um, but listen to the one with Zemet because he has some really good advice on how to, you know, first of all, keep it profitable for a store, right? Because like, a store is not going to want to run an event that they can't make money on, which is completely reasonable and, and justifiable, and I don't th- see any reason well, to knock that.
2: One thing he brought up, which I think is such a good point, and I feel it's the easiest thing, that TOs can capitalize on and so few actually do is concessions
1: mm-hmm.
2: my god the number of times I've been on a tournament, uh, tournament and I'm starving and there's no easily accessible food uh, it just blows my mind like I feel if you're a TO um, like uh, when I went down to Eternal Weekend uh, Tales of Adventure has like a uh, catering deli come in sell sandwiches on site and it's good for the deli because they they sell a bunch of extra food. Tales of Adventure, I'm sure, gets some amount of the profit, and the players are happy because they're getting actually quality, you know, decent food for a reasonable price. And I just feel concessions are something that To's can capitalize on so much better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that he mentioned too was that their sales of singles skyrockets when they're having events like that. So people come in and they and they they patronize a store. Specifically because they're running these events, right? So there's also that.
3: Yeah. And, like, for concessions, something that I think that, I don't know if someone touched on this, but I've seen people do in the, the D.C. area, is call up food trucks. Yeah. Like, if you, if you want your, like you're not going to make money on that specifically, but if you just want, like, a thing that adds value to your tournament, intrinsic value to the entry fee that they're paying, it takes you a couple of phone calls, and these food trucks are going to show up, because so you're like, yeah, you know, I have a hundred people or something here at this one location who mm-hmm. all want to get lunch. Mm-hmm. Like it adds value to the tournament without costing you anything.
0: Yep, totally. That's a that's a great that's a great point. Um, yeah, getting a food truck to come there. It, there's kind of like a food truck renaissance right now too, so it's probably mm-hmm. a good time to get food trucks coming to your store.
2: Hell yeah! All right, guys. Let's all quit our day jobs and
0: open up a store. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just kind of want to open up a food truck. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I
3: thought I truck? thought
0: about it. I thought about it.
3: I just want to be like Jeff Goldblum when I grow up. <laughs>
0: I mean, who doesn't?
3: Who I just want to open up a food truck.
0: <laughs> what Jeff kind of food Goldblum does he serve have? on his food truck? What kind of food does Jeff Goldblum make? I, I want to know.
3: I have no idea. <laughs> does but I'm Jeff sure it's Goldblum very warm actually, and comforting.
2: Does he actually have a food truck? Or is yeah. this a fantasy?
3: <laughs> no, it's like a real thing. There, There's some pictures of him going around of him in like a turtleneck sweater and a food truck. And let me tell you.
0: <laughs> <whew>. it's
3: <laughs> Okay, um, so...
0: so okay, He is serving sausages... Like
3: <laughs> yeah, we, we went from legacy to being thirsty for Jeff Goldblum. This is well, this I mean, a great who's, cast.
0: who's not? Like every sausage has just the right amount of chest hair in it. Right I love it. Matt, oh, yeah, did it. you say he serves sausages? This yes.
2: It's <laughs> cannot yes. be real.
0: It's called Chef it's called the truck is called Chef Goldblum's. <laughs> that is like can that get not be better? Does, does he get charge any or does he just
2: do it for shits and giggles?
0: Uh I mean <laughs>
1: both? I imagine he's making Goldblum. money.
2: Chef Goldblum pulls up alongside
0: you and just like, "Would you like a sausage?" It's just, an, it's just a jet black truck called <laughs> Chef Goldblum. Chef <Jeff> <laughs> uh,
2: That's a surreal experience. All right, oh, man, that's amazing.
0: That's amazing. I think running a food truck is like, is like the dream, right? That's got to be awesome.
2: I don't see why you want to be cramped into a small tin can with an oven 95- in <sighs> ninety-five heat during the summer
0: because you have to love I see i love to cook jerry so you, you wouldn't understand man
2: yeah i love to cook i don't love to be cooked <laughs> that's,
0: that's the difference it's part of it man it's
2: part of it <laughs> you just, your sweat just dripping into the hamburgers it's flavor
3: <laughs> listen when i go to a sandwich truck if my cheesesteak sandwich does not have the sweat of some dude named tony in it it's not authentic and i don't want it <laughs> It adds flavor.
0: Uh, I I ordered extra sweat, Tony. Uh, can we get extra sweat on this one, please?
3: Sorry, Tony's not here today. All we got is Vinny. Is that all right? Oh, yeah, I guess Vinny'll do. That's
0: the that's the real donkey sauce. That's the real donkey <laughs> sauce. Uh,
2: all right so i want to pat i want to moat and i'm completely out of line pat wants a food truck that he can violate the fda regulations <laughs> <and> that's okay
0: <laughs> i'm just saying jerry you've never had my cooking man i'm, I'm a good i'm a hell of a cook I'm not, not to my own horn too much but
2: i i do i have seen your twitter post they do look quite good
0: oh it's very good it's very good i mean <laughs> i think it's pretty good you know <laughs> food truck there we go. But yes, um, ideas to make legacy events more enticing to people. Uh, Top-heavy prize support, cardboard prizes, and food trucks. Preferably, uh, you know, real gritty, grimy food trucks. The real deal.
3: <laughs> Preferably also owned by former members of the Jurassic Park cast.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> I mean, that just takes your tournament to a whole new level if Jeff
3: Goldblum shows up. <laughs> I mean that's that's the event in and of itself. Terminus just a side thing.
0: <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what Sam Neil would make in a in a food truck. I don't know
3: sliders. <laughs> I'm just gonna call that one. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, all right. Well, was there anything else we wanted to talk about? I know we got Vegas coming up. What are you no looking for, what, what, Jerry? Jerry, you can sit this section this uh, this segment out since you're not going. Sim- what section out? I'm in the denial phase. <laughs> how can't you just quit your job, Jerry? You can just you can just like Ferris yeah. Bueller that thing, right? And just have like yeah, a, you like... want to
2: be my sugar daddy? Do you know how quickly my mattress would turn into a cot? <laughs> it would no longer be be stuffed with foil tarmogoyfs. <laughs> oh, uh. oh,
3: only foil tarmogoyfs? They're English?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm a pole.
3: <laughs> That's rough. I'm sorry, buddy.
0: Uh. So did you attend the the last uh, Vegas, Pat, the last GP out there?
3: I did not, no.
0: Okay, yeah, this will will also be my first GP Vegas, so um, I'm very much looking forward to it. I remember when I first came back to – so I started playing Magic way back in like the Ice Age, Tempest uh, era, and uh, I put it down uh, right when I graduated high school, and I picked it up again um, back in 2014. And um, that was uh, 2014 in like January. I started playing again, and like uh, June that year was the first GP Vegas. And I remember listening to like some of the podcasts I was I was really into at the time with like MTA Cast, and um, I'd listen to like uh, I don't know other other shows that were that attended GP Vegas, and it sounded so awesome. So I'm really looking forward to uh, heading out to the GP this year and checking out and see what it's all about. Looks like there's going to be some really great artists out there. Um, they're ha- having an art exhibition as well. Um, well, what were you kind of looking forward to going out there, Pat? I know you have some, some people you meet out there.
3: Yeah, uh, I think probably like 15 or 20 of my close Twitter friends I don't get to see very often are going to be there. Even some uh, some friends from out of the country, some friends from Chile are going to be there.
0: Oh, nice. That's
3: exciting. Uh, and my birthday is on day two of Legacy GP, so one of two things is happening. I'm either making <laughs> a deep run a Legacy GP on my birthday, or I'm scrubbing out and spending my birthday in Vegas. That That's going to be exciting.
0: I mean, either way, that sounds pretty great. Yeah. to be honest, scrubbing out kind of sounds better but I
3: mean I don't like those situations
0: because I'm tempted to just punt
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm like I'm X and 2 playing in the last round and I have the kill on board (laughs) but I could just do the math wrong and go get wasted
1: (laughs) in Vegas 4 plus 4
3: is 3 go (laughs) (laughs) shame
0: darn, darn
3: Uh, uh, I let's think we actually, get some
0: <laughs> Chef Goldblums. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> I think I'm mostly See? excited for that art show though. That's going to be fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, that looks real good. Yeah, Both I've, Mike
2: I've, that I've what's that, Jerry? Both roast Mike uh, putting that together.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think they crowd like they crowdfunded like the majority of the funds for that as well, right?
3: Yeah. I got a couple of good sponsors too. When I remember,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, that's going to be so cool. Uh, art is something that I was never really into, and I say it all the time in the cast. Like I'm not really an art guy but i've become more and more interested in the art of of magic um and i have actually bought a few like small prints i just bought a like a decent sized print from Therese Nielsen as well that's not mtg art but still um still from a, one of the really great magic artists um is that a star wars
1: excited?
0: print it is a star wars print yeah i couldn't help nice. myself it nice. was the big the big boba fett one she made for uh one of the star wars miniature games yep um, i played that
3: game it was fantastic
0: oh did you see i never like i'm a big star wars fan like i've been huge into star wars ever since i was a little kid and um, yeah, anything, that, anything that has to do with that, I'm always attracted to. So, But I never got into the card games, unfortunately. <laughs> mm.
2: Well, I'm super jealous for the art show because I've realized I've never seen a piece of actual original magic artwork in real life. Really? Like, thinking back, I can't think of a single instance in which I would have had the opportunity to see the original. Like, I've seen plenty of prints and met mm-hmm. plenty of artists, but I've never seen, like, an original in person. Well, here's your
3: opportunity to see over 150 original pieces. I can't (laughs) go.
2: I'm just saying. To this event that's not happening as far as I'm concerned.
3: Listen, Jerry, I don't know you, right? (laughs) We just met like an hour and a half ago at best. But I'm going to give you some advice, some real-life advice, heart-to-heart, from me, somebody who you do not know. (laughs) Go on. Quit your day job, move (laughs) to Philly, start a noise band, open a sandwich shop, and go to GP Vegas. All right? (laughs)
2: That's oddly specific.
3: <laughs> Listen, this is the correct advice for you.
0: Get a cheesesteak
2: by Tony.
3: <laughs> you change to your name, have to have you name to Tony.
2: Tony
0: and yeah. Vinny. But it's worth it. I mean, that, that that sounds like solid advice to me, Jerry. I, mean, I can't is, imagine you can go wrong there. That's,
2: that's pretty solid.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm only going to in the Legacy main event, actually, which I still need to register for. I should do that uh sooner rather than later but um and then I'm likely if I scrub out of the main I'll play some side events on sa on a uh, Friday and I'm leaving Saturday evening so I'm taking the red eye back to Boston on uh, on Saturday into Sunday morning so cuz I don't want to miss I don't want to miss Father's Day with my kids so I'm already leaving them leaving them alone with my wife for a few days during the week <laughs> so I can go out to Vegas and hang out with all my nerd friends so I can't I don't think I can leave I'll be also gone on Father's Day as well <laughs> <laughs> It's like your
2: wife's friends. Aren't you worried about your husband going to Vegas alone? And your wife's like, no, yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> no, nope, he's gonna nope. be surrounded by five thousand sweaty dudes.
3: Oh, I mean, I,
0: I hope at least at least that many. Hopefully more. <laughs> someone's greedy. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but I'm 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 super excited. And you know, if we have any people who are going out there to Vegas, any listeners uh of the cast, friends of the cast, please let us know. Um I'll be out there. I'm still trying to drag Jerry out there. I'd say there's less there's less than zero uh, there's a more than 0% chance we can get him out there, so <laughs> we're going to keep working my, on it.
2: My boss is actually leaving for his like month-long vacation uh tomorrow. So yeah. <laughs> it's cool i'll just be running everything by myself
0: <laughs> jerry i think I, I really still think you can like ferris bueller this thing and just have a dummy sit at your desk and when <laughs> someone opens the door he just starts waving his arms yelling loudly and they'll leave just
2: bye, just buy buy, yeah. buy.
0: Yes. <laughs> single-handedly
2: cause a stock market crash i i
0: think you can i think you can do it man i really do yeah Yeah,
2: I'll I'll see. Probably not that. (laughs) But anyone who is not going to Vegas and will be in the Boston area and would like to commiserate together, (laughs) (laughs) you can find me at Charlie's Kitchen drinking all the Reagan's Revenges that I can afford. All the what? (laughs) Have you never had a Reagan's Revenge? No. What is this? All right. My all-time favorite watering hole is Charlie's Kitchen in Harvard Square. Yes, THE Harvard in harvard Whoa. square in cambridge charlie's kitchen is an amazing dive bar straight out of the 1980s has not been updated in 30 years <laughs> <laughs> and it is just super cheap super good food and they have this drink called the reagan's revenge which is five dollars for a double shot of jameson and a tall boy of narragansett <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a five dollar party, all in
0: one. Oh, see, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a garbage person, so I just like Long Island's when I go out, when I go out to get shit faced.
3: <laughs> Jesus, there is GP Pittsburgh is one of my favorite GP locations, strictly because there is a place that sells like good pizza and five dollar pitchers of sangria.
0: Ooh, I can get nice. on board with that.
3: Let me tell you, twenty dollars goes a long way when pitchers are five dollars. <laughs> 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 that is true. <laughs>
0: Oh man, yeah, I'm, really I'm very good. much looking forward to Vegas. Pat, we have to uh, absolutely meet up out there. I'll buy you a drink when we're out there, man, for your birthday for sure.
3: For sure, yeah. <laughs> excited for that.
0: <laughs> absolutely, be a good time. I'm, I'm, I, that's the other thing. Like you mentioned, all your Twitter friends, and like there are so many people that I interact with on Twitter who I'll get to see. Who I got to meet a lot of them out in Vegas. I'll get to see, uh, sorry out in Columbus. I'll get to see a lot of them out in Vegas. So I'm really I'm really excited for that as well. All right, awesome. Uh, well, if there's not anything else, anyone else wants to add this week, we can uh, we can start wrapping up the show here. Unless there was something else really, kind of burning in your mind,
3: no, I'm I'm good.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Ooh. well, Pat. If someone, will, yeah, we'll get into that. Jerry, chill out. Re- look at look at the outline, man. Scoops are not yet. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna ask Pat where people can find find um find them if they want to get a hold of them.
3: Uh, follow me on Twitter at Nerdwalla and at Basking Uh, I sell magic cards on there at great prices. I'm doing uh, doing a thumbs up.
0: Yes, I I can absolutely attest to that. We've done. Uh, I bought some cities from you, and then I think I traded them back to you at a later date. And, uh, <laughs> for... Oh, what's that
2: Pat buying cars and then selling them before ever playing them? I That's played plenty of
0: Eldrazi. You. I played plenty of Eldrazi before I traded it off to make Buck Delver, okay? All right. <laughs> but yes, I, I totally agree. Pat Pat is wonderful to deal with, so definitely ch- check out uh, check out the Twitter page for sure. Uh, do you. Do you Friend people on Facebook, Pat. Do you uh do any uh streaming or anything like that?
3: Uh I don't really add people on Facebook and I am very much looking forward to getting into streaming after Vegas.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh smart move not friending people on Facebook, for sure. That's a good idea. <laughs> um stream yeah, no streaming is fun. Um let us know when you uh start doing that. We will we'll definitely plug on the Facebook page as well if you're especially if you're streaming legacy.
3: Oh, it's gonna be all legacy.
0: Oh well then, you just have to let us know and uh we'll get you on the page for sure.
3: Like why would I play anything else? I can exactly. play
0: Legacy. I like that. Exactly. I like that. Uh, how, how about you, Jerry? Where can, where can people find you, man?
2: Oh, I get I get the privilege to say my own Twitter handle again.
0: Just don't... If you, <laughs> as long as you don't fuck it up and draw it out, like, yeah, you can. But if you... It's if you at...
2: Just the symbol, not the AT. I hate you. Just at the symbol. <laughs> Jamie3rd. Was that quick enough for you, Pat?
0: No, it was terrible. <laughs> You can find can Jerry I leave like, the privilege for next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll drop a few of the... Uh, Jerry, if you want to send me a couple of the links for all the groups you're in, I'll drop a select few in the show notes this week. I can't do all of them, because the files can only be so large. <laughs> but we can drop sure. in the show notes. Uh, you can find me at Pat Eagle on Twitter. You can find the show... Um, Facebook.com slash group slash leaving legacy. You can find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Leaving Legacy. Uh you can find my stream, twitch.tv slash PatU. Uh Leaving Legacy. All that stuff is you can just search for it. You can find us there. Um and uh so Pat, we, we don't do uh shout outs on the on the show. We do scoops in the top eight. So is there anyone you want to scoop in the top eight this week?
3: Yeah. I want to scoop my Ooh, this is tough. I have two options. I'm only doing one. Only one of these people is getting a scoop.
0: Ooh, okay. Very selective. I mean, you can do as many as you like, but if you want to limit yourself to one, I can, I can appreciate that.
3: Well, I have to do one so the other person I didn't pick knows they got burned. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: a it's a simultaneous scoop and dream crush.
3: Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to give my best friend and partner, Nat Band, a uh, shout-out for helping me understand how control X and Legacy work. Awesome. Uh, love you very much, Nat. You're awesome.
0: <laughs> awesome. How about you, Jerry? Who are you scooping in this week.
2: Uh, we'll definitely scoop it in, Pat. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been awesome having you. Thank uh, okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, also, going to scoop in Will from the Team Terminus group uh, because I think he is doing a good job with it. Yeah. What about you, Pat? <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm going to scoop in all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, seriously. We are almost uh, 100% funded for our first goal, uh, which is just getting some additional equipment for the cast. So thank you guys very much, guys and girls. Thank you very much for uh, for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Even a dollar an episode uh, means a ton to us to have the support. Um, also want to thank Tom Hep for streaming with me. Uh, I bought uh, his uh, his Bug Depths deck and. We had a really, really good time streaming that deck. Uh, I mean yeah, At least I did. He may have—he may have been grinding his teeth the whole time watching me punt games away, but um, I, I had a great time streaming it. And also, uh, I'm gonna scoop in Pat as well for coming on the cast. Really appreciate it. Um, awesome having you here. Cool, uh, Jerry. Th- I know you put the links in the in the chat. I'd really appreciate them if they were in the show notes, man. Like in the in the doc in the document like where where all the other important stuff is, you ape.
2: Let me let me fuck, control man. copy it for you. Oh, look at that copy link.
0: <laughs> Paste. There you go. Well, you, you got to do something. You got to add some kind of value to this cast, Jerry. You're just really not. That not I don't it know how that.
1: Works.
0: Right, it's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you gotta uh, you gotta die to roll this week, Jerry. I'm figuring out these links.
3: <laughs> hey. I'll have you know, Jerry brought a lot to my experience with this cast. Okay. Jerry really made me made me feel made me feel better than him because I'm going to Vegas and he's not.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say finally I have a guest who's on my side, but no. The bait and switch at the end. Fucking you just daggers, make it so easy it.
0: to be a savage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just got one of those really punchable faces.
0: Oh man. Pat Pat is one of my new favorite people. I love it. <laughs>
2: Uh, I think I just heard Celso's
0: erection from here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too far? Too far. Anyone,
0: anyone who rips on Jerry definitely gets Celso's seal of approval, that's for sure.
3: least <laughs> uh, might have to
2: take it up to the after hours.
3: <laughs> I don't know you, Jerry. I've known you for maybe like an hour and 50 minutes at this point, Tops. But here's some advice for me and you, heart Go to heart. on. Listen, just quit your day job, move to San Diego, start a punk band, I don't know. Open up a taco shop. Live your life, my dude. All right, just just don't worry about what shitty internet lizards have to say. We're all assholes.
0: It is true. It is true. We're all shit posters. That's good life advice.
3: <laughs> Although
2: starting a
0: Punk to... Band is becoming a running theme in this life advice, so I'm really really just wondering if he's trying to if if Pat's trying to revive the punk. Uh,
2: well first one was a noise band. band first it was a na- noise band
3: so maybe oh, I'll, okay. start a,
2: okay. I'll start a pavement cover band
3: uh, <laughs> I have four four tiers of bands you can start in that series of life advice <laughs> if you're looking to just live a shitty life you start a ska band I'm sorry I love ska but like <laughs> nobody who does ska music is like in a good place in life <laughs> right above ska you got the noise band right above noise you have like a classic rock cover band, like you're a KISS cover band. And the KISS cover band can also be below the ska band in this hierarchy.
2: It really Depending depends. on the geographic meta.
3: Exactly. And at the top, you have the punk band. Like, I'm giving you primo advice here with the punk yes. band.
2: Yes! This is just what I needed.
3: I mean, listen, buddy, we've all been at the ska band stage of our life. And you just <laughs> Sophomore just got tough year was a hard through. year. Yeah, you really got to tough through that. that less than Jake... <laughs>
2: Uh, I was al- I was almost in a less-than-Jake cover band with a person named Jake.
1: <laughs> I need not to add a, joke.
3: a bottom barrel to this. <laughs> this. <laughs> Pitying people's not something I'm about. I feel like it's a pretty dick thing to do. <laughs> Jerry.
2: <laughs> it didn't happen. It didn't fall through. We couldn't get practice times to line up right. Thank God. <laughs> uh, I have done my fair share of Goldfinger covers, though. Don't you dick. worry.
0: Do you guys it? know there was a Kiss cover band of all little people, and their name yeah. was Mini Kiss? Yeah, it's <laughs> freaking awesome. This is amazing. They're like in like yeah. full getup. Do do they wear the platform shoes? Though I can't tell. I feel like I feel like they're not. Yeah, they don't. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's don't try good. to be something you're not. <laughs> if right. anything, they should wear shoes that make them shorter.
3: <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you understand how that works. Maybe you just give
0: out shoes to the audience that make everyone taller, and then <laughs> then you are shorter just by the sum of everyone else being taller than you.
2: No, they have to use those camera tricks, like in Lord of the
0: Rings, like the <laughs> <stuff here. laughs> to make them extra small. <laughs> this is amazing. These guys like really get into it, though. Oh, and they <laughs> like they met actual kiss. That's got to be a surreal experience for both of them. I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> like just like Gene Simmons, like looking at a smaller version of himself oh that sounds
3: don't talk to like... me you're my son ever again <laughs> yeah, <right?
0: laughs> that is like maybe the stuff of nightmares are made of or maybe the stuff dreams are made of i'm not sure yet i don't have to think on that this is gonna keep me up all night jerry thanks for that
2: you're welcome <laughs> i didn't show you that the internet showed you that
0: <laughs> oh all right all right jerry Roll a, roll a d20 so we can get out I of I rolled
2: here. it like 10 minutes ago. All right, what's,
0: what's our number? <laughs> it's nine. Nine. One, two, three. Um, oh, so Matt, Matthew Hackbert requests <laughs> Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Iron Maiden. And I can yes. always get into a fucking Iron Maiden song, so.
2: This song's 18 minutes long. <laughs> oh,
0: I love it. The, the, we have yes, to cut off awesome the first half finish. of the cast. to make room for the, for the song. Who was this? Who was this? Matthew Hackbert.
2: Good job, Matthew. Awesome song. Hell yeah.
0: That is a good song.
2: (laughs) It's going to make our podcast look so much longer.
1: (laughs) The three (laughs) hour podcast.
2: A solid 30% of this cast is going to be the ending song.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Good.
2: Play us out with something sweet, Pat. All
0: right, (laughs) Jerry.
1: This the